Hi there guys. Well, today I am continuing the series looking at the fruits of the Spirit. We're in Galatians chapter 5, which we've looked at over the last couple of weeks. It says this, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And John started the series a couple of weeks ago, and then Bodders last week looked at the first fruit, which was love. And so today we're going to be looking at joy. And in some ways, it feels like a bit of a strange time to, to talk about joy. We're three months into lockdown, a quarter of a year, and life still feels far from normal. And I know from talking to different friends that some people have understandably found it really hard juggling parenting and jobs and basically homeschooling. And I, um, I was on a run a couple of weeks ago and bumped into a friend and she was a parent and she was just so excited to see another person, another adult face to face. And then I've spoken to other friends who have actually quite enjoyed a slower pace of life and you've got everyone in between. And then I guess just like normal life, we still have good days and bad days. But in the midst of these current circumstances, I think it's really important that we talk about joy because the Bible seems to suggest that this fruit of the Spirit, just like the others, isn't determined by what's going on in our lives or whether we're in lockdown or not. And if anything, is even more needed in these circumstances at the moment. And when I, was, uh, when I was preparing this talk, I was thinking about the different moments of joy I've had over the last few months. And we've had two new nephews born during lockdown. We've been able to reconnect with friends that live a little bit further away. But for me, the memory that stuck in my mind was a particular burger. So um, that sunny bank holiday in May, I don't know if you can remember it, we went on a bike ride and then we took a bit of a detour on our way back through an industrial estate not too far from here. And we saw a place called Five Guys, a burger place, and it was open for collection. And I'll be honest, I'm not always the most decisive guy in the world, but in that moment, my decision was made as soon as we saw it. That was what we were gonna have for dinner that night. So that's exactly what happened. Later on that evening, we were sat in our garden with this like amazing burger, everything in it, uh, fries and a salted caramel and malted milk milkshake. Oh. It was amazing. It was a month ago and you can tell I'm still literally reliving it. And uh, we'll all have moments like that, won't we? Moments where particular days or particular things create this feeling of joy within us. Let's call them five guys moments. And these moments leave me with a couple of questions. The first of which is, is that the kind of joy that Paul was talking about when he talked about it being a fruit of the spirit? And then the second one, how do we actually live out that joy when things are hard or challenging? Because in this passage in Galatians that we read, Paul just lists it as one of many fruits of the Spirit. But in others of his letters, he actually talks about it quite a bit more. And particularly one passage in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, uh, he unpacks it a little bit more. And it starts with rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And then he goes on a little bit further to actually explain what it might actually look like to do that. And we're going to come back to that in a minute, but first I want us to quickly look at Jesus and joy. So I've got a quick exercise. What I want you to do is just try right now and picture Jesus in your mind. You may or may not want to close your eyes, uh, but just in your mind's eye, maybe picture him walking towards you or something like that. And just hold that thought in your mind for a moment. And I want to ask you a question. Was Jesus smiling in, in your picture that you had in your mind? Maybe for some of you he was, uh, maybe for other, others of us, he, he wasn't. 
because I think sometimes we, we picture Jesus as this really serious guy, like saving the world and all of that. And uh, we don't often think of him as the person to go to for joy. And, you know, there definitely were times when, when Jesus was sad or angry or, or even provocative. But the Bible was pretty clear. Like Jesus was happy. He, he was funny. He, he was relaxed. People loved to be around him. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus' disciples, they've been away, they returned to him. And it says, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Hebrews chapter one describes Jesus as anointed with the oil of joy. In the Gospels, it talks about how children loved to be around Jesus. And if you know children, you know they generally don't really like grumpy people. And his critics even ac accused him at the time of being a glutted, a glutted, a glutton and a drunkard because he went to so many parties. So Jesus was full of joy. And yet, as, as I mentioned, there obviously were times where that wasn't the case. And uh, John Ortberg, an author, he wrote about that in, in this. And so this is what he said. He said, the sorrow of God, like the anger of God, is his temporary response to a fallen world. That sorrow will be banished forever from his heart on the day that the world is set right. Joy is God's basic character. Joy is his eternal destiny. God is the happiest being in the universe. Joy is God's basic character. I love that. That's like his default mode, joy. And Jesus calls us as his followers to become more like him. And in John chapter 15, in one of the gospels where it tells us about Jesus, he's talking to his disciples and he says this, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete or full, that last bit. Essentially, Jesus wants us to be full of his joy and then to reflect that to the world around us. And yet the truth would be that for many of us, we're, we're probably not quite there yet. Unfortunately, joy probably isn't one of the things that people would immediately think of when they think of Christians. And I don't know about you, but I definitely wouldn't describe my life as being in a constant state of joy. And so I guess, how, how do we move in that direction? Well, as we said, joy is it's a fruit of the spirit. And so the reality is, like all of them, these characteristics, they're not just things we like go to sleep praying for one night and then we wake up in the morning and bam, we're, we're, we're joyful forever. They are things that actually, with the help of the Holy Spirit, they grow and develop over time. And John talked about this a couple of weeks ago and he said that we grow these fruits not by trying, but by training. And it might be easier to imagine growing or developing in like self-control or in patience or something like that. But the Bible's pretty clear that joy is the same. Joy can be a choice and it's something that we can grow in. So let's go back to that, that verse in Philippians where Paul, he lays out a little bit of what it might look like to, to do that, to choose joy. So the first little bit, which I read earlier says, Philippians 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. And you might have heard that word rejoice a load of times before in church. But this word, it basically is the verb form of the noun joy. It's, it's a doing word. So it means that Paul, who wrote this, he saw joy as not just something that we feel, but something that we, we do. It's almost like he was saying to them, guys, do joy. I will say it again, do joy. Not just something we feel, but a decision that we make or some kind of action that we take. An amazing example of this is someone called George Muller. You probably haven't heard of him. George lived in the 1800s and he did a load of things with his life. He led a church for a lot of it when he was 70. 
he decided to try something new and become a missionary for the next 17 years. But the thing that his life was most well known for was his ministry to orphans. Uh, during his life, he, he cared for over 10,000 orphans and actually he, he transformed the way that orphans were cared for in the UK. And yet the most important thing each day, according to George, was joy. That was the thing that, that kept him going. And he put it like this in his own words. The first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state. And George had a hard time. His mother died when he was really young. He, he lost his wife and four of his young children. But somehow he still managed to know this joy that Paul talked about. Like joy wasn't just an idea for him. It was actually the thing that enabled him to have such a profound impact on the world around him and to get through those really hard circumstances. So how, how do we do it? It's fine for George. How do we do it? Well, like we read, Paul, he started with the word always. And I think for us, we, we need to learn to cultivate joy in all circumstances, not just in the five guys moments, but on the good and the bad days. And I know for me, one of the biggest challenges to this is just living in the present moment. I don't know about you, I remember when I was a student and I often thought, oh, I can't wait until I don't have to study anymore. And then I finished university and I thought, oh, I wish I was a student again. I don't know if it was the same for you. Or for many of us, it's like, oh, I'll be happy when this happens or after that deadline. Or once we've done that to the house or once the kids are just a little bit older or once lockdown is over, then I'll be happy. But if we're not careful, sometimes weeks or months or even years can pass us by. And there's a well-known verse in, in one of the Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 24, which says this, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made today. That is all that we have right now. We can't actually experience joy yesterday. We can't experience joy tomorrow or even next week, but we can rejoice and be glad in today. So Paul, he says that, he says rejoice always. And then the next little bit, he says in verse six, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So he basically says, don't worry about anything and basically just give it to God. Just nice and easy like that. And what I don't think Paul is saying here is that you can never be worried or concerned or anxious. I think we're all going to find ourselves in those moments. But I think what he is saying is that there is a link between knowing joy and letting go of control. If you're a bit of a planner or maybe a control freak like me, then that is a challenge. I so want to know like how everything is going to pan out and what it's going to look like. But the problem is, if we become so attached to this or that happening, then we're going to struggle to find joy if it doesn't. Because there will be those five guys moments where everything pans out exactly as we wanted it to. And then there'll be the opposite, where joy isn't just going to spring up naturally. It doesn't mean we just have to smile whatever happens, but it does mean we have to come to realise that, that we're not in control and that that's actually okay. At the beginning of lockdown, a friend of mine, he's, he's the same age as me, he, he texts me to say that he'd been told he, he had cancer. And fortunately, he's had an operation now and, and everything's fine, which is obviously great. 
But when he first told me, uh, and I got that text, I couldn't believe it, I was gutted. And then, then I spoke to him on the phone, and all he really talked about was everything that he was grateful for, for how quickly everything was moving in the hospital, for his friends and family around him, and mainly for his relationship with Jesus. And it was almost like this illogical joy was, was coming out of him. Not some kind of like smiley, every cloud has a silver lining kind of joy, but a joy that wasn't actually rooted in his circumstances or even his control, but outside of that in Jesus. And honestly, I was, I was inspired by it. Like that is what it looks like to rejoice always. So we have that bit. And then finally, a couple of verses later, Paul in verse eight, he says this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So in other words, Paul is basically saying to be able to rejoice, to know this joy, you actually have to fix your thoughts and your attention on particular things. You can't just let them wander wherever they might go. And I think we probably all know this. I know the times for me when I get a little bit lost comparing myself to someone else. Maybe I see something on social media and then I dwell on that for a little bit. And then before I know it, joy is a long way off because I went down that particular road. I think the truth is we, we have a lot more influence over our thoughts and feelings than we're probably willing to admit. And a friend of mine was telling me how uh, at work, whenever uh, jobs were offered out and people were asked to volunteer for them, no one ever did. And he was, he was finding it pretty frustrating and he was leaving work a bit angry. And then one day he decided before work that he was going to go and he was just, whatever jobs got offered out, he was just going to volunteer to do them. Not to like impress anyone else, but just between him and Jesus. And guess what happened? He loved it. Rather than focusing on what his colleagues weren't doing, he actually just focused on what he could do. And it was the same job, it was the same situation, but he looked at it differently. And so the result was joy at the end of the day, rather than frustration. And I'll be honest, as I've been preparing for this talk, I found myself really challenged because particularly during lockdown, I found uh, some days I'm like raring to go, I'm really up for it. And then other days I'm struggling for motivation a little bit. But as I've been writing this and looking at what the Bible has to say, I've realised that actually I've got far more responsibility for my levels of joy than I probably thought that I did. That actually I can worship Jesus and thank him even when I don't feel like it, maybe even more so on those days. And literally last Wednesday, as I was writing this, uh, I don't know if you can remember it, there was that day, at least in Beeston, where the amount of rain that came down in like 30 minutes was crazy. And I was sat there on my laptop typing away. And I remember looking down and seeing like underneath the skirting board, uh, water coming towards me from, uh, from in our little like lean-to conservatory thing. And I panicked. I was only, I was in the house on my own and like sprinting around the house for a little bit. Um, but everything was okay. We, we didn't have it that bad. But I vividly remember afterwards, like mopping the floor um, of this little lean-to and feeling pretty frustrated and annoyed. And 10 minutes before, obviously, I'd been reading all about joy. And this slightly annoying thought popped into my head that was something like, Ollie, are you going to choose joy now? And, you know, maybe it was me, maybe it was God, I don't really know. But either way, it worked. And I found myself tapping into a little bit of that joy in what definitely didn't feel like a Five Guys moment. And I wish I could say that that is like my default response, that that's what I usually do, but it's definitely not. I've got a long way to go with this. But for me, it's, it's a little bit like running. If I only ever went for a run when I felt like it, I'd probably go approximately once a year 
you know, when I was feeling really good, when the weather was nice, but not too nice outside. And um, I'd got some good sleep and everything was feeling good. But it's actually when I choose to go for a run, even when I don't feel like it, that's when I become more fit. And it's the same with joy. We will have countless times when we don't feel like joy or gratitude. But God is offering us a way out of being dictated to by our feelings and our circumstances and actually learning to know his joy. And it's so important to remember with this, if come back to that thing, that we're not just trying to summon this joy, but we're looking to God for it. And so it's why it's called a fruit of the spirit. And if we want to experience this joy, yeah, we train for it. And yeah, there are things we can do. But fundamentally, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us his joy. And there's this C.S. Lewis quote to finish, which sums this up pretty well. So he says this, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. They are not a sort of prize which God could, if he chose, hand out to anyone. They are a great fountain of energy and beauty spurting up at the very centre of reality. If you are close to it, the spray will wet you. If you are not, you will remain dry. So today, let's, let's ask God, the source of all joy, to grow this fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm.